Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Today's our guest is Hendra Tambunan from Idea Box Capital. Welcome, Hendra. Thank you, Rama. Thank you for having me, though. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Little bit about Hendra. With Fortune 500 management and big four leadership experience under his belt, Hendra has turned his entrepreneur ambitions towards single family investing that eventually turned into multi family investment in late 2018, a decision that has allowed him to access new opportunities and expand his financial interests. Currently, his portfolio includes more than 700 apartment units units in Texas and Kentucky, or Kansas City. So with that, Hendra, you want to add anything to your background? Yeah, so obviously, like everybody else, you know, start looking into like a passive income and, and looking for something that more scalable. Coming from single family portfolio. I do have one point like about eight to 10 um, single family portfolio, but all throughout spread out the nation. I, I live in California where cash flow is becoming almost non-existent in this real estate market here. So looking outside and couldn't find anything that makes sense, end up with getting into single family, but it's just becoming harder and harder to manage given that it's you know everywhere throughout the nation. Now I'm looking for something more scale, and that's how I got stumbled into multifamily, though. And that's how it begins. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And you have, like, you know, solid management and leadership experience in other side. So how exactly that experience you're, you know, utilizing into real estate and multifamily space? It, it simply does help in, in terms of uh, managing the whole process, right? A lot of people don't realize that whatever they do in current WT job or their past experiences actually can help contribute in some of like multifamily investing, because in a sense, like you're not buying it for just hoping to get a cash flow, but it's actually, it's you operating a business by itself. You got to see it from the angle, like from the acquisition side, uh, what do you have in mind? What do you, what do you, what is the business plan? What are you going to do with that property after you acquire it? So that can be coming in really handy, like uh, project management. Uh, a lot of people neglect on the asset management as well. Like once you're taking it, oh, it's $200 below rent mark, uh, market rent. That's great. But if you have like 50 units, you're not going to be able to bump up everything, you know, all of them at the same time. You got to have a strategy. You got to have a, a good customer service experience. Like what kind of resident experience do you want to share with your residents? Maybe you can touch up a little bit on the exterior side, uh, that kind of coming in handy when you have some past experience because of your relational, with your colleague or your client that you can even apply it into your multifamily investing. Great, great, great points. So you started multifamily journey around 2018, 19, right? So tell me how exactly you started. So that's actually the, the desire started in the, in the uh, late 2018, but I did not start it until like mid 2019. When I, my wife and I decided like as a family, like we have to treat it like a business. That's when we start hiring, uh, joining a, a mentoring program in, in summer 2019. Again, 
multifamily approach is not going to be like invest and pray like a single family. You literally need to get educated the right way, plug in in the right community, connecting with the right people. And that's how you get, get started. And that's how we learn. Uh, that's the reason why uh, multifamily investor most likely very uh, well-versed in the networking and connecting with each other and grow from each other and maybe eventually team up with each other. That's how we get started, though. The moment that you, you got right education, right in the, community, uh, in the right community, then you'll flourish if you're still stay connected. And fair enough, within within a couple of months after joining a program and right education, we're able to score our first Pretend, uh, GP experience. Got it. So what, what is your steps or process to find good people or good community? I think a lot of people neglect about the value that they have first. Finding a community, it, it's 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 there, out there. The thing is like, you can go to like a Facebook group. There's tons of them, especially during COVID. A lot of Facebook groups start flourishing here and there, popping up. I got invited to many Facebook group for that reason, right? Uh, another thing selects also a real estate investor association club that within your area. That is the way that you can plug in and then see what's out there and who's playing in the multifamily. But when you are talking about value, you got to know what is your core value as a human being to begin with. If your value, you value relationship over deals, that's where you need to start exposing it rather, rather than finding deals and then finding a partner. And then later on, you find out that it doesn't work out. So I think finding community is one thing, but finding a partner is another thing that you need to show your value and how to add value and then make sure your value also align before you get into the deals. So the idea is like you're finding community, you learn from each other. It takes time. It's like a process. I always tell people like you're finding a partner. It's just like finding your life mate, Right. Nobody, nobody going to tell you like, hey, I have a deal. Let's get married right away, right? I mean, it takes a lot of process that you come get to know each other, make sure there's some compatibility and your skills also complementing each other. Then from that kind of relationship, you start seeing a process again. Can you dance together, right? So to, so to speak, quote unquote. And then eventually when you find a deal, let's work together deeper and maybe start with one deal before you eventually become like a lifetime commitment. Like let's grow together in multiple deals down the road. Got it. Values plus complementary skills. Yeah. Exactly. And like, so you started with core GP opportunities in Texas market. Uh, and then uh, now you're doing like uh, JV side, you know, instead of syndication, you're doing JVs in Kansas City, Missouri markets. So share me like, you know, co-GP experience, then why you choose the JV side, you know, instead of syndication? Yeah, so I think the co-GP, obviously, it, it, I just fortunate enough with the uh, partners that willing like, hey, we we are really need help in some of like getting the uh, CapEx fund. Uh, would you be able to help and step in? And we'll be more happy to give you uh, some of the GP share for that reason. And for for us, for me and my wife, uh, we we see it as an opportunity. Try to see behind the scene what it takes into multifamily. It's not just like I want to invest uh, in multifamily, but we also want to learn and grow and make it really, really a business for us as a family. And that's how we we got it into it. And then later on, as we embark in this journey, it, it comes to realization that. 
what we're looking for is not just only investing in multifamily as a business, but we also want to have a generational wealth, something that we can help tangible and then we can pass it to our, our son. So I think my, my piece of advice to people like, you know, I understand a lot of people trying to get into real estate or, or to multifamily specifically, but think about what's the end in mind for you guys. Would you really want to see it as a passive investor and there's nothing wrong with that one? Or you really, really want to hold a property that you're going to pass it or are you going to play active role? Because those are deep with that kind of thing and, and in mind, your route, then you can dictate it and then you can craft it, your journey a little bit different depending on what you have in mind. So for us, uh, we knew, do know that with the uh, syndication is great, though. Uh, we learn a lot. Uh, becoming a lead syndicator, we also learn a lot because of that experience from with our coaching experience. However, at the end of the day, we would like to have a, a property that we can pass it on to our son and that we can do it through JV. That's where we've been the focus and shifted a little bit from there. Got it. Got it. So how JV structure is different from syndication? Yeah. Typically in, in the syndication, most of the model that you, the hold is going to be a shorter period. I'm talking about shorter is like about five to seven years. And then after that, you, you exit out. That's going to full cycle. Because the idea is like going to be some passive investor that they enjoy the passive uh, investment, the cash flow, and then also going to be some gain from the equity after the value at process is already completed. It's a little bit different than JV because the JV typically a lot longer. You, you, you probably gonna going to see the benefit of a cash flow in the beginning immediately. You're going to take some time. Uh, but there's also a component of a cash up refi that you can employ in the part of the JV. And most likely than not, you are going to be stuck in the deal for the longest time because with the ideas, like I'm not going to sell it uh, for the longest time. It could be 20 years, could be lifetime, could be just never sold until you pass it up to next skin, right? That's the whole idea of the JV. And everybody needs to be playing active role meaning they're going to get involved, willing to roll their sleeve and get their hand and feet wet into the deal. Got it. Plus, you know, more equity in the JV side, right? So it, it, it could be it could be the case, right? Depending on the the, the, the capital, the parada or, or the split. Yep. And it depends on what value you're bringing to the table, right? So Absolutely. Absolutely. What kind of role you're playing in JV, you know, JV days? Oh, so we got four people in, in the team. Um, my my wife and another partner is actually involved in the asset management side. Me and another partner is actually involved on the acquisition side, though. Uh, my other partner is actually as, acting as a boots on the ground. He got a lot of relationship, uh, broker relationship with wholesaler. Um, he's becoming the initial gatekeeper uh, in doing the initial underwriting. The moment that he got that pass uh, screening that he passed it along to me, that's where I start coming in and start becoming like a project manager. I look at underwriting and, and then seeing what's a possibility, what's the scenario that can we do? Start working also with my wife, how can we put it all together? And then start bringing it all together into the, uh, the end of the transaction with the seller before we hand it over to my wife, who's gonna taking over the uh and then doing the execution of the business plan that's been becoming my role got it yeah thank you so what makes you choose kansas city as uh, our target market so for me it's not just specifically kansas city i'm, I'm actually looking for coming in you know from california perspective where everything is 
appreciating when things going doing good because everything is appreciating anyway, right? But California has been like a trajectory of appreciation is really really crazy that the cash is almost non-existent. It's in in fact, some people are are in this market that are willing to bet fully on the appreciation and could carelessly be even have a negative cash flow. Uh, for that's what you know when we saw the DFW market about four years ago now it was it was like 50 50 cash flow and appreciated and but that starts shifting we see the needle start shifting into appreciating market that's when we start looking for a market where have another 50 50 a balanced approach so I think that the back to your point of uh, your question I'm still looking for, still interested in the any market that it just Cash flow and appreciation because you can do so for force appreciation. That's the reason why uh, Kansas City becoming uh, the market that we choose. And plus, also another criteria that I'm looking for: any market that we are entering, you got to have partners who's boots on the ground because that's going to be one of the criteria that I'm looking for. And by default, Kansas City happened to be there. Got it. Got it. Good. How did you find your partners? Um, going back again, it's finding in the community. Uh, my all my partners happen to be in the right community. Uh, not just in the community uh, from the mentoring program, but also in a, in the mastermind. Um, that was then I knew that they have a vested interest to grow and, and really, really uh, want to become a go getter. In this case, I think that's showing some more commitment layer in that case. Got it. So, what's your take on current market? How exactly you're navigating next twelve to eighteen months? Some market I think is going to be very, very market specific. Um, for me, I think you look at the fundamental, right? Look at the fundamental. What is the the industry or or what is the export job for that market, though? I mean, just just give an example, like for obvious reason, like uh, Midland, Odessa, and Texas. Their primary market is gas and oil, though, because that's the only job that they have. And then I my I used to work for uh, you know uh, for a client. Um, where my client is actually in oil and gas. And I asked them like, how's the, the market? Because at one time I remember that the, the gas price, the oil price is actually going really, really high. They're doing layoffs. And they, and they told me like, oh, the, this, the market in that sector is actually very cyclical every two years. So when the market going up, it's actually somebody maybe feel the downturn because of the two year cycle they are behind. So imagine that apply in the middle of Odessa where they're primarily focused on that one. Their export job is only in oil and gas. You're gonna have a different cycle that you experience compared to your market. So, if you want to enter the market, look at the what kind of export job they have. Are they gonna be recession proof? Are they gonna be more prone to recession? Or are they gonna be exposed to like any cycle like oil and gas that for two years that's happening? Uh, but again, I'm not really the expert in oil and gas. This is just what being passed to me by my, by my client. Uh, check for the export job over there. And for me, like thing like manufacturing, agricultural uh, sector is very recession proof. Everybody still need to eat. Everybody still need to buy things that they use on a daily basis for manufacturing. Maybe not going to be like manufacturing like uh, luxury items or thing like that, but things that become necessity, that's becoming a, a, a key in the export job for the market that I'm looking for. Got it. So from investing point of view, what what you're planning for next two or eighteen months? Right now, it's very very hard to dictate. But from the last six months, we start shift. We start seeing it that sellers starting to get open up about you know come to realization their price expectation and and ask. 
in the past is people said, oh yeah, the, the interest rate going up, but this is, I'm going to be stick to the gun uh, with the price. But now I start see, seeing it that sellers start opening up for more creative financing, more solution, because maybe they're the end of their ropes that they don't have any more capital uh, expenditure budget anymore and properties not going anywhere, interest rate keep going up, they're open up for more like a creative financing. That's the way I see it. So there's some, some opportunity maybe for seller financing or master lease option and then helping and solving the problem for many sellers. Got it. Cool. And uh, let's shift towards personal side. So any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? One thing that I start employ uh, in the past eight months though, I've started doing a morning walk I try to um, hit about a couple miles to three miles on a daily basis um, but not just only for exercise but I use the time to invest in my not on my physical being it's also intellectual being I was I'm listening to audiobooks uh, studying that habit and then incorporate it on a daily basis it kind of helped me up to clear up my mind especially when things are really stressful in the office, in your home, I work from home, by the way. So the home office is becoming very stressful. I took some time to get out, get a fresh air, and then also listening to audiobooks and while exercising. And it really helped me to uh, really clear up my mind and get brand new ideas from the podcast or audiobooks. And then how can we imp- implement our system? Got it. Awesome. And share me any one decision that you took that impacted your life positively. Well, one thing that I learned that you grow when you share with other people. It's becoming my mantra right now, um, help other people and share the value with other people without expecting anything in return because that's how I grow and that's how I find my partners and that's how I find my deals because I'm helping others. And, and that applies to, to anyone that listens to podcasts here. I'd be more than happy to help other people um, if they want to learn more about multifamily and things like that. I'm not a coach. I'm not a, a mentor by any means, but I'm more than willing to become a resource for everyone to help. Cool. Any books or any audio books that impacted your life positively? Um, there are several books. Go-Giver by Bob Burks is one. That one thing that really helped me in the beginning of my multifamily journey. The other one's actually The Gap and the Gain by Ben Hardy and Dan Dan Sullivan is the other one that really, really helped me to start seeing like, you know, not comparing myself with other people, but comparing my progress and go from there. Awesome. Awesome books. How can listeners can connect with you, Hendra? So they can reach out to me to my website, ideaboxcapital.com, or they can go to my, uh, to Facebook and Hendra Tambunan. And lastly, they also can feel free to reach out to me to my uh, uh, phone number. 510-270-2920. 510-270-2920. Awesome. Thank you very much, Hendra. Thank you for adding value to the show. Thank you for having me, Rama. Sure. That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.